Customer experience. It's what sets some of the best companies apart from the rest, yet it can often be hard to achieve. Tune in monthly as we uncover the secrets behind great customer experience. This is Experience Better, the CX Podcast. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Experience Better, the CX Podcast. I'm your host, Alfred Sawatsky, Director of Product Management at Kubra. Just a note about today's episode. At the time of recording, we are in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Since we're all practicing responsible social distancing, we are recording from our respective homes rather than a studio. So the sound quality may not be as good as usual. So thank you for your understanding. On that note, let's get to the show. Today, I am joined by not one, but three customer service experts from the City of Sacramento's Department of Utilities to break down the benefits, challenges, and best practices surrounding the ever-popular topic of electronic bill presentment, also known as e-billing. We're here with Drew Farmer, Customer Service Manager, Sherry Gentry, Customer Service Supervisor, and Ruben Avila, Customer Service Supervisor at the City of Sacramento Department of Utilities. As the capital city of California, Sacramento is uniquely positioned to test, advance, and use emerging technology to better understand and serve the needs of its citizens. We'll be discussing their e-billing project success, how it has benefited their customers, and then share some best practices. Thanks for joining us today, Drew, Sherry, and Ruben. Thanks. Great, great to be here. Well, so I'd like to kick off this episode by looking a little bit at the roles that you have at the city of Sacramento. Can all three of you give us a little background and insight into the goals and responsibilities that each of you have? Sure. I'm, uh, this is Drew Farmer. I'm the customer service manager for the Department of Utilities from the city of Sacramento. And our primary responsibility is uh, for the overall customer service, uh, to provide customer service overall for the uh, Department of Utilities. Um, but we primarily focus on the billing aspect of customer service. Uh, and, but we do uh, collect uh, all those different service requests, things like that. It is usually run through the city's 311 call center. Uh, we handle a lot of those requests as well. So my job is to oversee uh, that unit, um, which Sherry and Ruben are a part of, and make sure we're delivering the best uh, customer services possible. That sounds good. Actually, I had one question before we move on to the, the next of your colleagues. When you say Department of Utilities, just to kind of set, set the uh, scenario here, is it only electric or what utilities do you cover? Sure. So the Department of Utilities uh, for the city of Sacramento, uh, we don't handle um, electricity. Um, what we do handle is water, sewer, storm drain, and uh, we also handle the billing uh, for regional sanitation, which is the treatment of uh, wastewater in the county of Sacramento. And we also handle the billing for solid, the solid waste department for the city of Sacramento, which is garbage, recycling, yard waste, street, and street sweeping. Well, I'm glad you clarified that. So I guess moving on to Sherry and Ruben. 
This is Sherry. Uh, I'm a customer service supervisor here in the Department of Utilities billing unit. Um, primarily, we oversee um, the contact center, so we have a public counter um, as well as email and uh, mail, and then, of course, the phones. And we have uh, about 14 customer service representatives that staff our center. This is Ruben. Um, I'm the other customer service supervisor, and uh, Sherry and I share the duties of running the day-to-day -day operations, providing any analytics um, that give our manager data to help us um, with our performance management. Excellent. Well, thanks for uh, setting that stage for how you, you all are involved in that area of customer service. Um, so this topic today is about e-bill adoption. And I'm curious if, if uh, one or all of you can uh, give me a bit of insight into uh, why the e-bill adoption goal has been such a focus for your Department of Utilities. And then maybe if you can speak to like what you've seen with other utilities and why it's important for them as well. Well, I think we want to be able to provide our customers uh, with the most flexibility um, possible uh, to be able to view and analyze their own bills as well as to make uh, payments. Uh, we have a, a variety of different customers in different situations, whether it's commercial, residential, uh, multifamily, we have apartment buildings, we have uh, uh, large corporations to small businesses. And so what we really want to be able to do is uh, provide them again with that flexibility and as many options to be able to handle their utility billing as possible. And uh, EBPP has uh, been a primary component of that and has uh, really assisted uh, customers over the years. Uh, the, the more we're able to get our customers signed up for that, um, uh, the better it is for our customers as well as for the department. It helps the department's revenue flow. It, um, it allows us to rely more on uh, self-help for the customer. So uh, we're not applying a, as many uh, human resources to handling those interactions with the customers. So it's been uh, very important uh, for us to go down that road. We're going to get a little bit more into the customer experience um, kind of component of this in a bit, but I'm, I'm curious when you set up your e-bill adoption, are you tar targeting a particular age group or demographic or is it just like everyone or, or how do you think about that? This is Ruben. Uh, no, it's not tied to any particular demographic. Uh, really, we're, we're trying to increase adoption um, for the e-bill across the board. Um, as Drew mentioned, in it, it lowers uh, overall printing costs for the business, which ultimately uh, affects rates for customers. And it helps them help themselves in times that we are not available as we are not a 24-7 operation. Oh, that's, that sounds good. Um, so why don't we jump to the customer experience? So you've already alluded to some benefits to uh, e-billing, so uh, reduced costs for the utility, uh, and then the ability for a, a consumer to to self-serve. Could you maybe um, step through a little bit about how uh, one of your customers, the consumers, could sign up for e-billing? And then maybe if there's other uh, components to customer experience, like how, how they have a good experience doing this. Could you just talk, maybe explain how it all works at, at uh, your city? So 
The Department of Utilities has committed to allowing our customer service representatives to take whatever time is necessary to walk our customers through the enrollment and the e-billing process. Uh, they will literally take them step by step through the process. Uh, in general, it's not particularly complicated, but we do find that uh, some customers have not done this before. Um, so just being able to, you know, do you see this screen? Okay, now enter this information, now click this button, uh, and really going step by step through that process so that they're comfortable with what, uh, how the system works and how they can make any changes in the future has worked really well for us. Uh, it, it's also allowed us to point out how the customer can then be independent and manage their accounts on their own time frame. As Ruben mentioned, uh, we're not a 24-7 call center, and we're a relatively small call center. So allowing them to address their billing needs on their time frame and not just our business hours really meets their needs and has allowed us to really sell that point that they can do whatever they want to do with their account on their own time. Um, them being able to manage their bills and payments has really been beneficial, particularly during the pandemic. Uh, customers are able to go in and modify uh, if they have recurring payments set up. Maybe they're experiencing financial difficulties and they want to uh, remove that recurring payments. They can do that. They can modify those payments. So being able to sell all of those points and walk customers through them has really uh, provided a really good online experience for these customers. Let's say a program is not advertised. So, so that'll be my question to you in a minute is e-bill advertised. And if it's not advertised or our CSR is encouraged to highlight it or bring it to certain customers' attention more than others, so I'm just curious about how you, how you promote it and how the CSRs are involved with that. Sure. This is Drew. Um, this is how we've been very successful in organically growing uh, the enrollment into the uh, EBPP program. And what it is is any of our customers uh, that have an have a delinquent bill, uh, or they're you know they're worried they're going to fall behind, or they've already fallen behind. Um, our staff, our customer service representatives, automatically uh, one offer them a payment plan uh, in order to help them catch up. Uh, but then the very next thing they do is uh, they offer uh, the the. EBPP program, you know, stating that, hey, this can help you uh, uh, make those payments on time. This gives you a nice schedule. It gives uh, the customer more control over it. We've been very, very successful with it. Uh, we're at, without any special uh, program or initiative on outreach and in attempting to get customers to sign up, again, it's been an organic process. Uh, we have almost, uh, we're at 49 and a half percent of all of our uh, accounts are now signed up on EBPP. And that's pretty amazing when you have a city with uh, approximately 150,000 accounts, both uh, commercial and residential. And so it's been uh, very successful uh, when you're using that organic method. Uh, we're gaining, uh, we're getting a conversion rate uh, or about six. Uh, 
6,000 uh, accounts uh, per year on average are converting over to EVPP, which is great um, for all those reasons we stated prior uh, to help the customer lower costs, et cetera. I think uh, Ruben might have a little bit more to offer that going forward on uh, initiatives that uh, what some of the challenges that, that have been surrounding this, uh, uh, getting people to sign up, um, as well as uh, future initiatives. Yeah, I'd love to hear some more about that. Well, as as uh, Sherry mentioned, the our EB, EBPP program uh, does come with a component of automatic recurring payments. And so one of our challenges in trying to get more uh, a larger adoption rate is that our city of Sacramento also has a legacy auto pay program, which allows customers to get their bills paid uh, through their checking account without having to lose the ability to see their paper bill. So essentially, you don't have to choose to receive an e-bill or a paper bill and you could still get your 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 bill paid uh, automatically. Um, so this this compounds the issue with an older population uh, that might have switched to paperless billing if they had to choose between the convenience of automatic payments and receiving paper bills. Um, so that was a unique challenge that, that our city has faced, uh, which may not be present in, in most uh, municipalities. So that uh, I had this question forming in the back of my mind. Do you ever see people switching away from e-bill back to paper? Was it in this scenario? Yes, it does happen. Particularly, some um, some businesses like to have paper. It, I think it it helps them keep track of their records a little bit more accurately, or or they could have different requirements for their, their taxing purposes that makes it easier for them. Um, we have some some landlords and. Um, Usually, it's it's going to be property owners that have multiple properties that are going to really want to have their paper bill. Uh, I have, I guess, one question a little bit down on the weeds. So, when you say e-bill, is there, I mean, is, is there like a PDF of a statement you can download so you could print it out at home, even if you were on the e-bill program? That's correct. Uh, we call it our paperless uh, program, and you get three years of uh, history for your bills, which you could download to your smartphone, tablet, or computer at any point in time. Um, and so that that is another way to circumvent the the paper bill if you if you want to print print a couple at home. Mm -hmm. That's good. Did, do you have any other comments about I guess challenges you've faced? Uh, really, the other, the only other challenge is just coming up with the budget that would support any communication that uh, a company or organization wants to put out for outreach. Um, that that would be another thing to consider. Um, so yeah, so actually, when you talked about outreach, that reminds me of a few questions I had that might um, touch on challenges or things things you've had to overcome. So, do you ever do any kind of targeted marketing or outreach to promote this program? Or I heard you use the word organic a lot, but is, do you ever do any targeted segmented type stuff? Right. To date, we have not. Um, there's been anecdotal uh, that has gone along with other programs where we've mentioned signing up with uh, EBPP or eBill. 
there's been other programs uh, uh, during different situations, like the downturn of the economy back 2008, 2009. Uh, we had uh, uh, we had that information added onto other uh, outreach programs, but we have not specifically uh, done to date a uh, outreach to increase uh, our enrollment and participation in one of these programs. That being said, it is on. Uh, it is a big strategic uh, plan uh, for the department to go down that road uh, in the next year or so um, to uh, do an outreach program to uh, artificially versus the organic increase our enrollment uh, because we do eventually want to get to as close to as paperless billing as possible um, to lower costs. Uh, because it is costly to send out those bills, so that would lower the uh, uh, the rates or at least uh, help prevent uh, higher rates in the future uh, going out to our customers. It's also good for the environment, uh, not having that, that paper and the ink out there. So there's multi-positive uh, outcomes of going uh, paperless, completely paperless if we could. That'd be a goal, whether it's uh, achievable in my lifetime or not, I don't know. Well, it seems like at 49.5%, uh, you know, sign-up rate, I mean, that's you're doing really well for not having explicitly uh, marketed for it. Yeah, to be honest, it really surprised us a couple of years ago when we uh, really started uh, diving into the weeds and, and taking a look at uh, what our enrollment rate was. And um, pretty amazing. Uh, our staff do an amazing job. Um, but having said that, people must be able to find out about it somehow. I mean, are you putting it on the paper bills, like go to this link to stop stop paper, that kind of stuff? Yes, uh, that is on the paper bill. It's on all our websites. Um, and customers, uh, we also have another facet. Um, Ruben uh, just reminded me. Um, one of the things that we are going to uh, try to outreach more as well is uh, the mobile app uh, where we worked with Kubra a few years ago to uh, get that uh, application uh, implemented. And that's been very successful in helping us uh, move forward and getting a more electronic presence out there for our customers. So you mentioned mobile app and that reminds me of kind of a communication channel. So what kind of communication channels do you support with the whole e-bill Program. I mean, can people have an e-bill with, without, uh, you know, without a phone or without an email address, or do you have to have some kind of digital way of communicating? Go ahead. This is Ruben. Um, you can have an e-bill without SMS. Uh, an email, however, is required, and we do give our customers the option of receiving notifications through their email or their SMS phone. Um, and I think one other little nifty way that we've picked up uh, subscribers or adopters is that in all of our email outgoing messages to customers, because we also serve um, customers responding to their inquiries via email, is that we, we have a tagline in the signature of our outgoing emails that links customers to, to the individual apps on the iOS and the Android uh, app stores. Um, and the, the SMS feature allows customers to receive a text when they get a bill. It uh, re allows customers to receive a text when, a, when their payment has gone through. 
It also lets them get reminders when a bill is due and if they are not set up on recurring payments. Um, it's, it's all set up for convenience for the customer. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, like we've, uh, in some of our previous episodes, when we've talked about customer experience, kind of a theme that keeps coming up is like a utility wants to offer lots of uh, different alternatives or options, not because someone, one person is going to use all of those, but different consumers have different preferences for, you know, how they prefer to be communicated with or how they prefer to experience it. So it sounds like you have a lot of good options there. Um, so anyway, so we talked about challenges. Let's, uh, let's uh, flip it around a bit and talk about features of the e-bill. Maybe uh, are there popular features? Have you received feedback from customers saying, oh, this, this feature of e-bill is really cool, like things that you've implemented, or do you have kind of a, a wish list of things you'd love to implement in the future to, to improve the customer experience even more with e-bill? Uh, our customers really enjoy being able to choose their payment source. Uh, Ruben previously mentioned our legacy auto pay program, which only allows for drafting from checking or saving accounts. But with e-billing, they can also do payments via a credit card. And we have a lot of customers to, that want those air miles. Uh, that may be changing now, but um, or points and things like that. So being able to choose a checking account, a savings account, uh, or a credit card has been very popular with our, our customers. Uh, they also really enjoy being able to choose when they pay their bill. So they have the ability through e-billing to choose to pay their bill as soon as it arrives, or they can choose to have it pay three days before it's due or any range uh, in that time frame. Um, and the updated e-billing on the mobile platforms has really been helpful. Also, the big change, one of the big changes for us was initially our customers, we, in our paper bills, we send out uh, promotional bill inserts regarding different programs that are going on within the city. Uh, our e-bill customers initially could not see those. And that was problematic because we were getting e-bill customers calling us, asking us to mail them those bill inserts, which was sort of defeating the purpose. Right. But we were able to work with Kubra to create uh, a format where within the e-bill account, the customer can view those billing inserts uh, in an electronic format. So that's been very helpful as well. Do you have kind of a wish list or, you know, what you'd love to do to, to improve the e-bill experience? This is Ruben. I think one of the one of our uh, biggest goals moving forward is to streamline the registration process for the e-bill um, through our mobile app and other means so that customers can sign up for both email and SMS notifications at once and for that process to just be a little bit smoother for our customers. Oh, that sounds great. Um, this wouldn't be a... Uh a podcast uh, unless we threw some statistics around. Um, so I have a statistic here that says Chartwell, the, um, the utility research firm, uh, recently shared that utilities have an average of 43% e-bill adoption rate today. So congratulations, you're above that average. But there's a lot of utilities out there who are stuck way down at 5, 10, 15%. And you know, the 43% seems like, like really far away. 
Uh, what kind of advice would you give to utilities that have such a you know, significantly lower e-bill adoption rate uh, in terms of what you would suggest to them to uh, improve improve their rates? I, I would say for those that are uh, that are way low in the adoption rate, um, I would go back to the very beginning of this podcast and uh, what we chatted about. And it's something that uh, we kind of started right around the time I got here uh, coming up 14 years ago now. But is that organic effort um, to give the give the uh, customer service representatives those tools and the the time and the authority to uh, work with customers to get them signed up and and to be able to explain not really upselling but to explain why it would be in the customer's benefit to uh, sign up for um, uh, e-billing or uh, EBPP. And it's, uh, as you can see, the results are it's just been a, uh, a natural growth. Um, the, all of the accounts that we have, um, they are all uh, to owners, uh, property owners. Um, we, for example, if someone's a tenant of a property, they can ask for a bill and sometimes they have an agreement with their, with their uh, property owner um, or their uh, lessee. Uh, that they pay for the utility bill for that property, like a say a commercial garage. However, the owner of that property is still uh, held responsible, uh, not the tenant. And so it really behooves uh, uh, property owners to to sign up for these because then they know that bill is always getting paid. They don't run into late payment charges. Um, and they don't run into those issues that uh, when falling behind or if a tenant falls behind. So again, doing it organically and just doing it as part of your everyday business um, has in our, in our world has been very successful. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, heard you all mention organic a few times and, and what that kind of converts or what kind of translates uh, for me, is uh, if it's organic, then it's relational, right? It's the relationship between the CSR and the consumer. It's word of mouth, um, and it almost sounds like this thing sells itself. So if it's well designed, it'll just work, or it'll sell itself. So I think that, that yep. was a good. And, that, yeah, it, it, for me, it's a, it's a, you can call it a business culture, but to me, it is a relationship culture or customer service culture. Um, it is having that relationship with the customer, and you really are, um, you hire people that really just want to help a uh, customer. They enjoy helping uh, the customer. And uh, kind of going back to the, uh, was it the Jerry Maguire movie, uh, Help Me to Help You? Mm-hmm. That's kind of where it goes uh, down to. Um, it's uh, really uh, helping the customer help themselves. So I just have to say, I, I, I didn't expect that the conversation would end up here because when we talk, no, no, because when we, I mean, I think it's great. So when we talk about customer experience and we talk about things like that, we talk, um, you know, we'll throw around words like empathy and, but they're almost like abstract thoughts. And what we're, what you've shown is going to the next step is saying, no, there's an actual CSR, there's an actual employee who's been empowered to take as long as they need, right? So they're not watching the clock on these conversations because the customer's needs and walking them through is really important. And that has all these other impacts on 
like eBill, and I'm sure it has impacts on your other programs as well. But uh, we're just focused on eBill today. And I think uh, the reason that is is uh, going back to what I was saying uh, about the property owners uh, responsible for the bill. We do have, uh, especially on the residential side, uh, a a older population or a population in my range, uh, mid fifties uh, into your sixties, who. Uh, many who don't even have a computer um, or have very limited computer skills. And that's why we allow the, uh, the time and effort it, it can take to sign them up uh, to, to help them out because it can be very confusing for someone who's uh, not very computer literate. And having that older population uh, being the vast majority who own property in, in the city of Sacramento uh, has been really beneficial. Yeah, that, that sounds great. We're getting uh, close to the end of our um, episode here, but I do have uh, two more two more questions. Well, let's say three, two and a half. One is, so we're in the middle of COVID-19 and stay-at-home orders and safer at home and such. Have you seen uh, any noticeable impact on kind of the different social behavior on your e-bill adoption rates? Like, is there anything you can point to that says it made a difference or or, or not? Um, yes, uh, it has, uh, we don't have as high as a, as an adoption rate as of right now. So it has dipped a little bit. Um, I'm loath to give you uh, specific numbers cause I don't have really good specific numbers on 2020 year to date. Uh, but, uh, we are looking at, uh, a bit of reduced, uh, adoption. Oh, reduced adoption on eBill. Uh, in this, yes, in this year, it's a reduced option uh, for the first time. And, and uh, you'd see since uh, 2011 uh, was the last time we had a reduced adoption rate, which uh, kind of coincides with the Great Recession. Um, when hmm. it, it's, I don't know what that reason is. Uh, no, I just know the correlation is I can just see it year to year, but I don't have the reasoning. Yeah, that'd be an interest. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast episode right there. So we won't get into that, but, <laughs> but that's, uh, that, that's interesting because I would have assumed uh, COVID, you're, you don't want uh, the virus on paper coming in your mail. You want less mail, therefore send me digital. But I'm, I'm sure there's other psychological reasons that people that this is happening. That's very interesting. It, it very well could be one of the things I thought of is that people have more time to look at their bill now. They're not as worried about uh, just getting things done, that go-go world, no. uh, yeah. which does sign you up. Yeah, interesting. All right, so um, second to last question. So uh, so obviously when you implemented eBill, you had some kind of project. I mean, the, you, you can have projects around making, you know, adding the next feature or something. Are there any kind of lessons um, you've learned that you could share about how to, like, as the logistics or the the methodology for implementing an e-bill project. So, I think what we did well on our e-bill implementations has been ensuring that we have uh, the right players at the table. So we had a good mix of um, our IT system support folks as well as customer service staff as well as our billing unit who handles the, the number crunching pieces of things. So I think having everyone at the table to sort of look 
at what our ultimate product should be and having feedback from that worked very well for us. And I think from my perspective um, is in a more simpler uh, term is that uh, making it user friendly, um, thinking about it from the customer's perspective. And this is all your customers, not just one big group that you consider customer. We know that we have a great deal of variety in all our different customers. And uh, I think uh, the entire team that Sherry just chatted about um, really thought that through very well. Um, you know, the strengths of some customers, weaknesses. So making it as user friendly as possible. Uh, this is Ruben, and, and just to piggyback off of what Drew and Sherry said, um, the support from our, T, our IT unit has been very important because as, as we uh, put in a lot of effort to make things user-friendly, you still run into um, compatibility issues when a desktop uh, phone and tablet could have dozens of different browsers, you're going to run into issues. So being able to be responsive to any of these issues that impact their ability to pay their bills, see their bill, et cetera, has been really important for us. And our collaboration with our IT unit has been very important for that. Well, those are uh, great insights and great pointers. And I think maybe um, we'll end the episode there on, on that high note. But I, I wanted to say, Drew, Sherry, and Ruben, I, uh, congratulations on the success of your eBell program. And I appreciate the time you took. And uh, so you were describing before the show some of the measures you took to keep yourself separate in the room where you're all talking to us. So I appreciate that effort. And uh, it was great chatting with you. And um, good, good luck with your future eBell endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So stay tuned for our next episode as we talk to Jamie Wimberly about the ripening market for prepay energy and their regulatory considerations for a successful implementation. That's all for Experience Better, the CX podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send us your questions and continue the conversation with us on Twitter or Facebook at KubraWay. That's K-U-B-R-A-W-A-Y, or on LinkedIn at Kubra. Experience Better, the CX podcast, is presented by Kubra. I'm your host, Alfred Sawatsky. Goodbye for now. I hope you experience better.